let me ask you a question. Why the hell do people keep getting married? You know what I mean? Isn't anybody looking at the stats? What's it like, three out of four marriages go right down the drain now? People, if you were going skydiving and they told you three out of four parachutes weren't gonna open, you'd be like, yo, forget it, I'm not going. Human beings were not meant to sit in little cubicles staring at computer screens all day, filling out useless forms and listening to eight different bosses drone on about mission statements. Robert Frost said, two roads diverged in the wood and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you, you can't do it. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. This is Breaking Norms, a podcast dedicated to topics like following your dreams at all costs and the pitfalls of societal norms. And now, discussing everything from online dating to the horror of having a real job. Here are your hosts, Noah Groniger and Clint Schweitzer. This is the Breaking Norms Podcast, and this week, a tale so twisted with so many twists and turns that it should have its own ID channel episode. Yes, we've shopped this story to Ricky Lake, Montel Jordan, and Maury Povich, even Jerry Springer. But as of now, you will hear it right here on the Breaking Norms Podcast. Clint Schweitzer alongside Noah Groniger. And I tell you what, Noah, kind of surprisingly, the poll topic last week for our topic this week and it won in a landslide. It is Rachel's Web of Lies, and I cannot wait to do this. We're so new to this podcast, but we're going to be able to do this. It beat out marriage for this week's topic on Breaking Norms, my friend, which means we've got to delve deep into your own personal history with this girl named Rachel. This is all about her web of lies and how she weaved it so perfectly around you and man i can't wait to do this we, it's a story we've talked about for years and it's finally coming to light for the rest of the country it is when we've started this podcast we talked about just some of the experiences we've had and uh, dating experiences our last week we did a show on online dating and uh we going through our stories this one just stands out among all the others as just i mean there's still sort of a question about what it really was and uh, you'll kind of experience and have that same feeling as we go through this. But yeah, uh, I met this girl, Rachel, and just like you said, the tale, the web of lies and what it really is today uh, still is kind of a mystery. This is really the first time that I heard about, you know, the term ghosting is so popular today, of course. And we'll kind of get into that and sort of what goes into uh, the art of ghosting, if you will. And this is more I wouldn't say ghosting. This is more of a tale of haunting because it's someone that would remove themselves from your life periodically, but then come in when least expected to sort of reinsert herself. So there is so much to this. It's one of those deals that like, this is sort of in the, I, I guess, would you agree in the sort of infancy of your online dating experience? Kind of take us to where you were prior to meeting this girl and kind of what led you to meeting this Rachel girl. Yeah, before I met her, uh, I had just had this big breakup with me, my first relationship. And uh, so this, I believe, was in the spring, if I'm not mistaken, of 2008 when I met Rachel, the uh, fateful meeting that I would have. So yeah, this was uh, kind of the second go at online dating. Uh, I met my first girlfriend, Lindsay, through online dating. It's actually through Match. This was through the wonderful, the great, the plentiful plenty of fish 
there's just nothing else like it in this world. It's uh, a, just plenty of fish in the sea. It's right there for you. It's in the name. And that's where I met this girl, Rachel. And yeah, spring of 2008 is where all of this started. So you're talking, how long were you talking? What was the topic of conversation that sort of led you into the first date? Because by the time the first date rolls around and afterwards, you're really into her. So what leads that? What, what, what was the style of conversation? Was, I mean, frequent responses? Were you feeling like this could actually go somewhere? Like take us through where things kind of began there. Yeah, with online dating, I mean, you're talking to several different people, seeing who sticks, who goes away, who you have a connection with. And with Rachel, it was definitely, we started out with the small talk, getting to know each other. But then we kind of had a connection, kind of similar senses of humor, and we could just talk about anything. And it was very frequent. And so then we decided, yeah, like, let's go on a date. This is great online. Let's take it to real life. That's what we do out here in this online dating world. Uh, you start on the computer, you decide who's good, who's not. And uh, for the good ones, you decide to go out on a date. So there we are. We go to dinner at 54th Street. I love it. It's gringo dip, burgers, chips, salsa, just run-of-the-mill normal food. That's my style. That's my lane that I try to stay in because I definitely was not going to any weird restaurant, uh, funny enough, that would happen to me later on with another girl where they had squid and oysters. I think I tried cheese curds with horseradish sauce, just the worst sauce in the world. Why does this exist? <laughs> I spit out the cheese curd onto the table. But so that was the worst thing. But that's another story for another time. But yeah, the dinner was great. Great conversation. So we go back to my house, decide to watch a movie. The movie was Something's Gotta Give. I believe Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson are in that movie, if I'm not mistaken. Happy birthday to Jack Nicholson, by the way. He's 83 today. Yes. So, wow. What timing. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. He played a key role in this as we're watching that movie. Actually, we didn't end up watching most of it because uh, we're talking, great connection. Then we're kissing on the couch. Mm -hmm. Jokes are flying. It's just a great connection. Probably one of the best first dates that I've ever had. Okay, so one thing that I realized throughout all this, and this is a story that we've shared, like we have kind of rehashed this many times on, on many of our road trips that we take when we're out covering football games, we're on our documentary shoots, and we're traveling to SEC Media Days for 14 hours, or what else are you going to talk about? You rehashed the story over and over. And one <laughs> thing that I realized that I've really never asked about is a scale of one to 10, like how, how attractive was she? I don't, I've never seen a picture. I don't know what she looks like. Kind of Give us a little physical description, if you would. If you wouldn't mind indulging us. <laughs> sure, no problem. Um, yeah, as a physical description, you said one through 10. Um, I'd probably have to go with, oh boy, probably an eight. Wow. An eight. Okay. Yeah, she was really good looking. Yeah, right, thin, uh, just kind of a short uh, brown haircut. And she was just really good looking. I, I I mean, that's one of the first things that you, online dating, that's kind of one of the first things you, that catches your eye, how they look. And then you go through the profile and see if it matches or doesn't match kind of your personality. And then you talk to further it. And yeah, we went out on the date and yeah. So uh, she definitely had a unique kind of look to her uh, just with the hairstyle. And uh, I was definitely intrigued. And after that first date, I was like, wow, I mean, a beautiful girl, great conversation, great connection, similar sense of humor. Uh, the kiss was great. And just... Everything about the night just went perfect. I couldn't have asked for a better date. So uh, as I'm assuming, as the next couple of days go along, the conversation is still 
keeping up. She hasn't started to drift away or anything. She hasn't made any, said anything about, obviously, she hasn't said anything about, oh, sorry, no chemistry, bye. She's, <laughs> the conversation's still going. And then that leads us to the second time you ever saw her, which I believe was a chance encounter. She kind of just ascended onto your house. She showed up. It was a pop-in. You know, everybody loves the pop-in. Um, maybe not for uh, mother-in-laws and uh, some family just popping in. But with Rachel, this was like, I call it a second quasi-date because we had been talking, trying to come up with another time to date. And she was a little flaky, so maybe I should have got some sense there. But um, she's like, no, it's going to happen. I'm just a little busy right now, but it's going to happen. I had a great time. And uh, this second quasi-date just came out of the blue. We were texting, but I, and then... It had gone quiet there for a little bit. She said she was going to go hang out with a friend. And then the pop-in, I just get a knock at the door. I go and answer it. Her and her friend are right there. Out of the blue, they just show up while I'm watching Family Guy on the couch. They sit down for about 10 minutes. We're just having a good conversation just about our day and what they're out doing, just tooling around in the car and shopping and stuff. And uh, after that 10 minutes, they're just out. They're like, yeah, we're having a girl's day. We're just going to go out and keep doing our thing and maybe go grab some ice cream or something. I think I remember them saying. And and that was it for the second quasi date. So well, it was just a little pop in, but it was nice. Well, uh, offended, surprised. They didn't ask you to come along, that there wasn't more to the hangout. You were obviously like, well, she must be interested if she just shows up here. Uh, but then kind of as soon as she arrives, she's gone again. And you're just kind of like, what, what just happened there? Well, she had explained that they were just out tooling around. It was kind of a girl's okay. day out with her friend. And, and plus, I thought it was kind of good. I was like, hey, like she brought her friend over just for a little bit while they're tooling around doing their own thing. She's like, hey, let's stop by this guy's house. I really liked him. Um, I'm just kind of inferring what, I, what was going through my mind after they took off. Uh, I was like, that's got to be a good sign. Like she wanted to, uh, she wanted me to meet her friend. She wanted her friend to meet me because she liked me. She had a good time. This is the guy I'm seeing. Maybe her friend was asking questions and, hey, let's just go pop in. We'll see him for a few minutes and then we'll be out. So I took it as a good sign. Let's um, move forward here to date number three, which, uh, oh spo- spoiler alert, this is the third <laughs> and final date. Yes, we are just getting started. Um, third and final date. Um, again, same thing, kind of lead us into it. Uh, are, are you noticing anything, any more flakiness, any more thoughts of like, okay, like, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. Are we ever going to see each other? Like, you're in, I know what this is like because you're, you have this first date, you feel like you have this connection, like you're really into someone and you're like, why isn't this progressing further? Like, because to me, if a girl wants to hang out with you, she's going to hang out with you. So where are we right here? And kind of what's the timeline between dates two and three? Dates two and three was probably only a couple weeks, um, but I had tried to see her and she's, I told her she could come over just to sit out on the porch swing or just hang out for a little bit. And, and again, she was kind of flaky. She said she was busy. She had some other things going on. And um, I believe she was uh, taking care of uh, her friend's animals and that were out of town. Uh, and I'll put uh, air quotes around that. Maybe that happened. Maybe it didn't. We don't know with this woman. So but after a few weeks, I was like, hey, dinner, movie, go out, do something, mini golf, whatever it is, just go and hang out. I don't care. Go walk around the park. And uh, she said, you know what? Like, I do want to see you, but I'm going to be up in uh, St. Joe working. Um, she was uh, a nurse. She was going to be part of this blood drive. And uh, she invited me up there. That's about an hour north of uh, where we are here in North Kansas City. So I was like, man, that's but I, I like her. I want to see her. I want to put show her that I can put some effort in and go up there and see her because I'm interested as well. We were supposed to go to lunch. Like, first of all, this is out of my comfort zone to be driving an hour north in like 
she said she's at some like Eagle Lodge thing. I'm like, I've never heard of, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I go to college up there. That's where I go to college up in St. Joe, but this was back in summer. And so I'm back home here in North Kansas city. And like, I've never heard of this Eagle Lodge. So I'm just, I've got this place. She wouldn't give me an address. I just got this place. And she told me what road it was on. And I know like, that's the main drag for St. Joe. It's not very big, but I'm just driving around trying to look for it. She's like, I'm here. I'm at work. I don't know the address. I just came to this Eagle Lodge and you got to find that if you want to see me. Like, great, a puzzle. Like, where's Waldo? This is, where's Rachel? So this is great. Couldn't so, find the place. I drove past it probably three or four times before I found, found it. <laughs> so at this point, are you thinking like, I, it's just, I'm never going to find this? Like, again, I know you. I know how your comfort zone is. Mine's very similar. I would have been, like, back in, we're talking about MapQuest, right? Back then, we're not, no GPS or what? How'd you even find it? Definitely no GPS. I knew the main drag. I knew I could get there and she said it was there. So it was just a matter of driving up and down it until I found it and like slowing down by places where I think it could be. She kind of described the building. And so I'm like slowing down and like cars are honking and I'm just, oh, never mind. Just speed up, go, like forget it. I didn't need to look at that. And then I'd have to like pull in places and make U-turns or turn around at lights or go way out of my way to turn around and come look at this place again. And after the third or fourth pass, I was like, wait, that's the Eagle Lodge, but I'm on the wrong side of the road. So I got to do another turn around, get back there. So all this is horrifying. And I'm probably sweating at this moment with just anxiety and trying to get here and people in my way and not just parting the sea so I could get over here. But I walk in it's a busy place and people are asking me like, oh, are you here to donate blood? I've got this form. I'm just, oh, no, 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 no. I'm uh, just here to see Rachel. She's a nurse here. She's a part of this. I, is there a Rachel? I, anyone help? <laughs> and they pointed me. They're like, go in this room and you can go look for her. Uh, and so I walk in and I'm looking around, can't find her, can't find her. And then I finally see her. And uh, yeah, she's there sticking a needle in some guy's arm uh, who's donating blood and I'm sitting there talking to her and then like her boss comes over and tells me I'm going to go need to go sit down and she'll tell she's got a free moment until she's not with a patient, which made sense. But I was just like, Oh, I'm here to talk to her. Now I can't, I'm being forced off to the side to just sit here and watch and just like a bump on a log. I'm so I'm just horrified by this whole experience, but she finally gets a free moment and I'm thinking, okay. And so I go up to her and we're talking a little bit and then I'm like, so where do you want to go to lunch? Grab a bite. There's an Applebee's over here. We could go sit down to, you know, a regular burger joint. That's for me. And she was like, wait, I'm really busy. I don't know. There's just more people here than I thought would be here. And I'm just going to grab something from the vending machine. And I mean, uh, my boss already came over and talked to you. So I don't think we can talk much. I just, I mean, maybe you should go. Like, I don't want you just sitting here bored all day. And so that was it. So I'm just like, oh, okay. I understand you're busy. Yeah, I get like, and, but in my head, I'm like, I drove an hour and I got to drive an hour back home and find my, play, find my way out of here and just back on the highway. And just this whole thing is just ruined and just fell through my hands, slipped through my fingers, and it just did not go any way that I imagined. Is, this, is there something in your mind at this point that's maybe questioning why did she pick this for the next hangout? Like we've, a couple of weeks have gone by, we could have met up and just talked and went to a movie, done anything, but yet she brings you into this structured environment where she can't really talk or do anything. And you're sort of out of your comfort zone. You're, you know, the minute like a boss comes up to me and is like, sorry, you can't be around here. I'm, I don't know. I might be out. <laughs> what, what, I mean, your thoughts on just this whole setting seems kind of strange. Yeah, it was. Um, I drove up there, but after being told to leave and she's not going to be able to have lunch, I've got an hour to drive back and think about everything. Obviously before this, I had had a few questions 
a few flakiness here and there, but I was just like, no, just don't get in your head and start thinking all these things and just let it play out. But definitely driving home, I'm starting to think more flakiness and what is this? Like I've tried to see her and she hasn't. And now I drive all this away and she sends me home again, but I'd still, I'm, I'm trying to be positive, but I'm not just blinded by the Rachel light. I'm not wearing Rachel rose colored glasses here. Uh, so I'm trying to be positive and just let's just see how this plays out. But it definitely in the back of my mind, more, uh, doubt is creeping in as more things happen. And definitely this whole hour ride home, I'm going back and forth, like, don't be negative. And then I'm like, but this is weird. This seems like some sort of game. And I just, ever since the first date, everything's been just kind of different and odd and off. So let's keep it moving here. Um, like we said, this was your last date, the last time you ever saw Rachel. So Yes. <laughs> now <laughs> we move into the part where this is where I would start to get really hooked in because, and we're going to go over some of this stuff because, you know, and maybe, maybe later on we do an, an entire episode about uh, the phenomenon of ghosting or haunting or some of this stuff. I want to go over a couple of the signs and some of the stuff here in a minute. I have that, but I want to get kind of to that point before we do it. Timeline wise, the third date happens. Some questions are creeping in and then kind of take us into the next step and where things went from there. Yeah, after that, I just uh, kept going for a regular date, just go out to eat, go to a park, like I said, just something regular, just not this pop-in date that we had on our second date, quasi-second date, or this third date where I'm at your job. Like, let's, like the first date, let's just go back to that formula. That seemed to work for us. Let's try to find our ways back to that. Uh, dinner, a movie, out to a park, just something hanging out a different activity, Dave and Buster's, something. Um, but that just proved to be very elusive and proved to never come to fruition because it was her dad had come back from out of town. She hadn't seen him so in so long, so she's going to spend time with him. We had had a date planned, scheduled. We were supposed to just go out to dinner again and then kind of go from there, fly by the seat of our pants, be spontaneous. But her dad just comes back in town unexpectedly, apparently. She hasn't seen him in so long, and they're going to have a, a daddy-daughter hangout day, I believe is what she called it. So we'll hold before, back up a little bit. Uh, what was kind of the, the mood heading into the date? How long was this since the, the third one, and sort of what was the plan exactly, and then what was your feelings when this excuse comes in? Yeah, this was probably a week after the uh, third date at her job. We had come to terms on a date uh, because uh, getting a date with her is elusive. So I call it coming to terms. We finally worked it out, the date, the time. Uh, we were going to go out to dinner and then just see what happened. Maybe we'd uh, go sit by a lake. Maybe we'd go to Dave and Buster's and Legends and maybe we'd go to a casino. We don't know. It, but that proved to not happen. And yeah, when this comes, when this excuse comes, uh, it takes me out of just, we were getting, it was the night of the date. Like we were supposed to get together. Like here in a few hours, I'm getting ready. I'm shaving. I'm doing whatever I got to do to get ready and look nice and pick out clothes and, and start planning on some different things that we could do after dinner. And then I get the text that her dad has come back in town unexpectedly. And that's where it really hits me. Like, okay, this doesn't happen. This, this is where it went off the rails for me. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Are you calling it at this point? Are you calling bull crap at this point? Are you saying, okay, of course something's coming. It just seemed like it was trending in this direction and it, and it happens. I'm definitely calling bull crap on it. And I'm just saying 
not to her, like I'm just saying, okay, I understand to her, but in the back of my head, I'm like, I think this is it. Like, I don't need to be doing this anymore. Like, this is going off the rails. She can never hang out. And when she does, it's at a job where she shoes me away, a pop-in date. Like, ever since the first, first date, there's always been something going on. And now this dad excuse. And uh, I mean, I'll keep playing it from here, but uh, I just have a bad feeling and I'm really not into it anymore. I'm drifting away from it, as apparently she is as well. So this continues. There are more dates scheduled and more dates shot down in a blaze of glory. Take us through those. Yeah, in uh, the following weeks, uh, just more dates scheduled, same sort of thing. Just hey, let's go hang out here, hang out there. Let's go uh, walk around a park. But it would just, every time, just one of them was uh, her brother that she doesn't see very often. He's kind of estranged from the family, came back. And so it was kind of the same thing as the dad. Like he showed up and texted me and wanted to, kind of reconnect and hang out. And that was one. And then a flat tire, can't make it. Oh, and uh, my dad's on his way to come help me fix the flat tire. And then the last one was just that she was out of gas. She's on truce. She can't get a hold of anyone. She needs me to come help. And that's where I was just like, had lost it. There had been three excuses prior to that. Then the flat tire and she's on truce. I just felt like this was a game. And finally, she needed to up the ante and make this more exciting for herself and actually get me to to Troost and text her like, hey, where are you? I'm here at Troost. I'm here to get you gas and get you back on the road and maybe we can hang out. While she's at home laughing, she was never at Troost. She was never out of gas. And so I have really bad thoughts about her in my mind right now. And so I don't show up. I don't go. I'm just thinking, no, this is a game and I just cannot be a part of this. What was the... I, what was the banter like back and forth throughout all this? Was it like, oh, good, she's still responding frequently and then just the date comes and this happens or is it like slowly phasing out and then this stuff on top of it the banter was still good like she would come up with the excuse and then i'd just roll over and be like oh that's okay i understand i'm just trying to like know when this date happens i'm gonna learn that all this stuff actually did happen and it's okay and i just didn't need to freak out so that's what i was doing don't freak out just go with it. Just understand, be understanding and go with it because the banter in between all of that was still good. It was still uh, affectionate and she liked me and she couldn't wait to see me. And she saw so sorry that this came up with her dad and her brother and the flat tire and the out of gas. And, uh, but definitely the last one, the out of the gas, I told her like, I, I can't come to truce. Like, I don't know. Like I, I used the directions excuse. I kind of used one on her, except it's not an excuse. Like I was like, I don't even know how to get to Troost. I don't have a GPS. I wouldn't even be able to find my way there. And I just don't know about like getting, I got to get a gas can for to get you gas. Like, are you at a gas station? Like what is going on? And I was like, why are you even on Troost? And she couldn't give me a straight answer as to why she would even be on Troost. And cause she's in blue Springs. Like what is she even doing on Troost? Like her friend lived in blue Springs as well. So I don't even know what she would be doing there. So I just felt like this was to get me to a bad part of town all by myself and like looking around for her and texting her to probably no answer other than her laugh on the other side. So, so at this point, you're pretty sure you're being messed with. What, what is your yeah. speculation on what is, is happening? What is her motivation? What is she doing? Is, is this really someone? Because there are people that are, I, I mean, they're victims that are emergencies nonstop that are just constantly in some shenanigan. There are people like that. 
And I'm, I, I still can't decide whether she's one of those people or playing some game. What is your speculation? What is happening here? What is her motivation for this? Yeah, at that point, I'm thinking it's a game and I'm just going back to everything in my mind. Like, okay, the first date was great, but the second date, it was only 10 minutes with her friend. Did she bring her friend in just to be like, hey, I got this guy. He really liked me on the first date, but I wasn't really feeling him. Or I just went into, I'm not even looking for anyone. I went on the date with this guy and I got him hooked and now uh, watch what I do to him and I'm going to take you over there to meet him for 10 minutes. And I was just, so all this stuff is going through my mind about what this could possibly be and and yeah, I'm thinking it's a game, but I'm still playing it cool for a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I can't come there. I can't help. I'm sorry. But uh, eventually she came around and was like understanding and like, oh, I'm sorry. I finally got a friend to come help me. But I was like, I don't even know. I'm just, I'm still just thinking this is a game and her motivation for it. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, is she just crazy? Does she just play games? She gets a kick out of messing with people's feelings and, and hooking these guys and getting them and then just weaving this web of lies and games and excuses and getting them to come see what, how far these guys will go. Like, Oh, come all the way up an hour North to my job. And then I'll send you home and uh, let's see if we can get together again. Or then I'll create these excuses and we'll work up to seeing if I can get you out on truest road or whatever. Like, so I don't know if it was that, but that's what was going through my mind. It's just a game. See how far I can make this guy go. What hoops can I get him to jump through? Well, it doesn't fit a lot of the categories of ghosting because if you look at ghosting and kind of the motivations behind that, you notice uh, kind of the following. You notice a frequency of contact going down. Um, things like pet names are going to cease. Um, here's one that kind of fits. You're going to keep canceling dates with no counter offer. So after this one yeah. happens, where are things and what is the next step as far as trying to keep going or are you just sort of out at this point? I mean, I'm going to keep going with this. So after this out of gas truce thing, I mean, uh, she was kind of hurt that I didn't show up. Uh, I don't know if that's real or not, because I don't know if she was actually there, if it was a game. But uh, she came to a point of saying, oh, I understand. I know you don't like you're not good with directions. I get it. And uh, it's on truce. And uh, so I was just trying to explain that to her and she understood. And then I was, but I was pulling back. I wasn't being all affectionate and lovey-dovey and like, Oh, let's do a date. Let's do a date. I was just, we talk and um, I didn't really push for another date. And uh, she would mention it every now and then like, Oh, Hey, I'm busy, but we should uh, try and work on a date sometime. And I'd be like, yeah, cool. Like I was putting it in her, I was putting the ball in her court, pushing it back to her. Like, yeah, that sounds great. But I wasn't, trying to come up with anything. I was like, if she ever comes to me and wants to do a date, then maybe I'll try it. But, but you're kind uh, of moving not... on emotionally here. You're kind of like, I can't do this anymore. If she, if it happens, great. But there's a, I think guys have this thing where if you're sort of losing someone that, that you had uh, kind of in your good graces at one point, especially, you know, if you haven't slept together, it could be emo that it's sort of grating like, this person's just going away and I, I, there's nothing I can do. I mean, and, and every guy has a bit of a, you know, I don't, I don't, ego for lack of a better term. You don't just like, it just sort of flutters away. I mean, this is sort of fluttering away on you and you're just kind of like, well, I guess that's, have you kind of moved on to talking to other people at this point? Like where, where are things here? Yeah. I, I don't think I was talking to anyone else. I think I was just talking to Rachel just in very casual. And like I said, putting the ball in her court, like you said, if it happens, great. If not, like, yeah, I'm just kind of moving on. Like, if she doesn't schedule anything, then obviously, I mean, I've tried this whole time and it hasn't worked. So uh, if she wants to schedule something, then that'll show me that she's interested. This isn't a game. If she doesn't uh, actually schedule something, if she just keeps saying, oh, yeah, we should schedule something, we'll see. 
and uh, she's not interested and I just need to move on and uh, cut my losses here. So where does things go from here? Because, um, you know, kind of my memory of this is basically this is where kind of you start losing touch. Uh, is, this, is this a ghosting situation? And then kind of it leads to a random announcement that is another just complete turn of this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say a ghosting situation. I'd just say we both kind of pull back. I mean, because in my mind, she's playing this game and she's not getting the responses that she wants anymore. She's not getting me like, when can we do an eight, please? When, when, when? I'm just, I'm just playing it cool and just, hey, whatever. If she wants to do it, great. If not, great. Like, And so, yeah, the communication is getting uh, less frequent, less frequent, more time in between texts. And, and then I get this announcement that, She's going to the Navy. I've never heard this before. Never heard this idea, this thought in her mind. All of a sudden, she's going to the Navy. And I was like, oh, is this something you want? She said, oh, yeah, this is always something that I've thought about and wanted. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I've asked you about, like, your dreams and goals before, and you've never mentioned this. But, okay, I guess it's the Navy now. And, yeah, so she's off to the Navy. And I'm just like, well, that's great. That's the end of this, surely. Like, so, but then she's like, oh, I'm going to miss you. And then she starts being like affectionate again. And I'm like, where's that coming from? Like, now that you're leaving, you're going to be all affectionate again. Like, oh yeah, I can't wait for it. And when I get back, we're going to have to do this big date and maybe we can get a hotel room. And I'm just like, what? Where, huh? <laughs> Where in the world is it? We haven't talked for like a week. Like it's been so infrequent. And I thought this was over and now Every time I think you're out, they pull you back in. This is the haunting aspect. This is the type of the girl that goes to an extent, but actually enjoys the haunt much more, which is re-interjecting themselves in your life. And in this case, someone that clearly is just kind of out there willy-nilly, no real plan. All of a sudden, she's joining the Navy. Her life is completely detached from reality, if you ask me. And so now you have this Navy thing, which you're just like, what, you're going to like train boot camp and joining the military? Like, oh, and then she sort of comes back into the affectionate part. I mean, this is where it really loses me as far as where I have no idea what's happening. How long does this last? <laughs> what is this Navy thing? She's writing you letters, right? Yeah. I mean, this is insane that before she even left, like in that text of saying that to all of a sudden, hey, I'm in the Navy or I'm going to be going here pretty soon. I got to pack and get everything ready and I'm out of here. She's like, I want to keep in touch. And I mean, I definitely... Uh, People like have people write to them. I don't know if you could write to me like, and I'm just wondering like, surely that's not, I was just like, Oh, congratulations on being getting accepted and going into the Navy. And, uh, but I'm just thrown and I don't know what to say in return. I, I'm not going to be a like super affectionate back to her, but other than like a congratulations and yeah, maybe we'll keep in touch, whatever. But yeah, I'm at college again and I'm getting letters from her and just not just regular letters. Like these are, very lovey-dovey, over-the-top letters, pictures of her at, in the Navy with some of her friends and just her and, like, naked photos of her and calling me her, like, boyfriend and her man and she can't wait to come back and see me again. The letters are, like, sprayed in perfume and I'm just completely lost. Like, wait, she, uh-huh, like, you wouldn't see me. Everything got really, like, infrequent texting and messages and now all of a sudden you're all over me and just I'm your boyfriend and your man like what is going on but again it's a situation she can control because she's in the navy and she's gone and it's almost like she created this in her mind now that she can have some link to back home or something it's almost like that it's almost 
I, I really can't diagnose it. I'm not a psychologist, but man, you got some, some really strange tendencies here that are, that are peaking up. This is a little bipolarity. This is a little, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, this blows my mind. This is where it really, I did the naked pictures thing is unbelievable. Like actually printed off a picture of herself naked. Like who took it? Like how did, I'm so confused, but um, how long does this Navy thing last? How long does this, cause she doesn't, she's not long for that world. She's not. I think it was three weeks to a month that she was in the Navy. So, but at the point of her coming back home, it's almost like, well, she has these feelings. She's been sending me this stuff. Now maybe is a time to reconnect. Why didn't that happen? Why didn't, why wasn't there a chance for reconnecting when she finally does get home? She has got parties with her family, just doing normal things. She's got a uh, air quotes in her words, reacclimate to just kind of the normal life here in Kansas city and here with her family, she's been gone for over a month in the Navy and just dealing with being out of the Navy. She thought that was going to be like her new life. So she told me, no, like, I can't see you right now, unfortunately. And then several weeks pass and I try to get a hold of her again. This time she says she's depressed about it and she just can't get together. She's just not in the right headspace and she's cut off everyone. I find that hard to believe that she's cut off literally everyone in her life, but those are her words and so I guess we're just going to see here. Uh, does she get better? Is she, does she get less depressed and we can finally hang out? I don't know. I guarantee one person she wasn't cutting off is whoever guy she was hooking up with at the moment. I tell you what, that's the part that really gets <laughs> me there. So at the end of this, are you basically, you've left it as this is over. We're just done here. Is that what you're thinking? Is that what's been said? What's the conversation like at that point? Yeah, I mean, uh, probably another month goes by where she says that, yeah, she's just still depressed. She can't believe she's uh, been kicked out of the Navy, that she didn't pass the physical fitness test. She just is lost, and and uh, she's just not, like, reacclimating in with her family. She says it feels different now, and she just doesn't know when she'll be able to go out again. So I take it as, yeah, that's all she wrote here. We're just moving on with our lives. This is it. And if I ever hear from her again, who knows when that'll be. And who knows if I'll still be single or wanting to date her. I don't know. But as of right now, I'm kind of moving on. This is over and uh, it's kaput. And now for the stunning conclusion, because it would be what, six months later that you did hear from her again and take us through the finality we built to the climax here. And we are finally getting to, to me, what is the most unbelievable, one of the most unbelievable things I've ever heard with regards <laughs> to any sort of dating story, especially one that was only three dates in. Is it was is that timeline correct? About six months? It is. Yeah, about six just months later. No, of so, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Just completely just we've moved on. It's over. I just figure she's still depressed, doing whatever the heck she's doing. But uh, I'm back at school I'm up there in St. Joe where I went to college at Missouri Western State University and it's six months later and I'm just walking around the apartment and I get a random text saying from her, from Rachel saying, I'm in St. Joe and I'm at a, I'm at the courthouse and will you please come up and meet me there so we can get married? Just <laughs> what? I mean, every time I hear it, I cannot believe it. What? What do you still have her number saved? Did you even know who it was? Like what went through your mind? What happened? We got I believe know. I did. I believe I just, yeah, I just left her number in there. I didn't delete it or anything. I just left it there, but I hadn't texted her. I deleted the previous text. So then I just get a message. It's Rachel. I'm like, wait, wait, that Rachel? Like, wait, 
yeah, that's, I remember that number. Yeah. That's Rachel. Like want to get married. I, I believe I just called her insane. Like we haven't talked in six months and you're asking me to marry you. We went on like three dates and I don't even know if it's really three. Cause there was a pop in and a, a work date. So, so I don't even know if it, you, we can call it three, but I mean, she used all sorts of excuses not to see me. She was in the Navy writing me and then came back and never saw me again. And we lost communication after that. And I, I couldn't believe it. Just the things going through my mind, just this is clearly I was correct about this. And this is all a game because there's no way someone could come back six months later trying to get me to some courthouse, like trying to get me to truce earlier on. Cause she's out of gas. Now she's trying to get me at a courthouse. Me, me being like, I'm ready to marry you. I'm at the courthouse. I've, I've run out of tux. Where are you, Rachel, please. <laughs> so she could just laugh her ass off. But I was like, no, like, I'm not going there. This is insane. You're insane. You're playing a game. That's all this is. That's all it's ever been. Congratulations on the game. I did congratulate her. I was like, this is great. You've done a fantastic job at this. I questioned it all along, but now it's clear that it's a game and you have played it very well. Although I have to give myself a little credit here. I didn't go help you with a flat tire where I'm sure you weren't actually on the side of the road with a flat tire. I didn't go to Troost and I'm not going to the courthouse. This is over. You played it well. Um, I had some good rounds in it too, but this is finally the game has ended. It just blows my mind in every single way, every fabric, everything about interpersonal relationships that we know that, that are normal or even somewhat normal. This breaks all of it. This breaks the norms every single way that you slice it. So after you said, so you said this to her and that was it. That was the last words ever spoken or did she last try words to ever have spoken with last words ever spoken to her, but like, Maybe a day later, her friend reaches out to me on Facebook telling me that Rachel really likes me and she wants to see me. This isn't a game. You've got it all wrong. And I just brought up all the BS that we've just spent this entire podcast talking about and how I'm just certain, like 100% certain, if not maybe 99.9, I'll leave 1.1% out there uh, in the world, but I'm 99.9% sure that it was just a game. And now you're just trying to get me, reel me back in uh, with a friend coming over and be like, no, it wasn't a game. See, like, oh, now let's start the game all over again. I was like, I'm not having it. Even if it wasn't a game, I'm just out. This is insane that she would even come and say like, hey, I haven't seen you in six months. We haven't been talking. We only went on three maybe dates. And now let's, I want to get married. Like at the very least, she's just insane and off her rocker. So I want no part of this, whether it's a game or not. And uh, but Several months later, she did get married to a guy, <laughs> in an, and I saw it on Facebook, and he was in a Navy uniform. So, hey, part of her made it to the Navy. Someone showed up at the courthouse, at least, uh, <laughs> to meet her. So uh, just a few months later, she's married to someone. That That is, uh, that it just leads me to believe, and I don't really know whenever, as, as we kind of put a bow on this, uh, it's, 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 hopefully you've sort of enjoyed this and kind of enjoyed the twists and turns, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'm left with what really happened. And if you have any <laughs> ideas, uh, please hit us up on our Facebook page, uh, breaking norms. You can find us on Facebook. We also have a Facebook group uh, called breaking norms. So find us, um, find that Facebook page and just send us a message. Let us know. What did you think? this was what was she doing girls have you ever been in this position have you had something similar happen to you but from a guy's perspective like what was this i don't i still don't know <laughs> uh your hunch of course is that it was a game my hunch is as well but i 
I don't know the fact that she wound up married a few months later, the fact that she tried to come back with this marriage proposal. Like, what would have happened if you would have shown up? What would have happened? We all know what would have happened. She would not have been there. Am I right? Yeah, there's no chance that she would risk that, like driving up from Blue Springs to St. Joe to be at a courthouse to randomly text a guy she hasn't talked to in six months, hoping that A, he has the same phone number, B, he'll answer, C, that he'll be fine, that you guys haven't talked in six months, and just willingly just show up at the courthouse. Yes, marriage it is. It's finally happened. I know it's been six months, Rachel, but you're just the girl for me. This has all gone swimmingly, and I cannot wait to make you Mrs. Groniger. Oh, the best day of my life. So this whole timeline lasts about what, about a year? Am I right? Yeah. Uh, from spring to spring. Yeah. About a year, uh, maybe a year and some change, uh, with a few months there added on, but yeah, about a year that this whole thing went down and boy, what a year it was. It is, um, a year that we were able to spend an entire podcast on and you guys <laughs> voted for it. You got it over at the, the breaking norms, Facebook page, um, head over there, uh, today and you will be able to vote on some new topics for next week. No, I don't know if we can top this. Um, I, this this podcast is about so many things. It's about the way that uh, we follow our dreams, the way that we do life a little differently than other people. But uh, uh, in the middle of that, we've also had very real life experiences. We talked about it last week on our online dating episode. And this is another one that is just something that could happen to anyone, whether you're into having a passion and following it or not. We've all been in a position where we just don't know where we stand with someone. This is the ultimate example of that. And I hope that maybe this uh, influences someone to, if they're in a situation like this, to just stop doing it for one, <laughs> if you're the Rachel and yes, Rachel is her real name, by the way, we did not change the name. We're not going to give out the last name, um, but uh, her name's Rachel. So Rachel, if you're here, like if, you, if Rachel <laughs> is listening right now, do you have a message for her? Something you'd like to say to her? <laughs> Rachel, if you are listening to this, I hope that you've put this kind of behavior and game and just everything that happened in this scenario, I hope you put it behind you. And if it's not a game, I hope you've just changed and learned from this experience and just everything that went on and not really explaining yourself to the fullest and contacting a guy after six months of not talking and just throwing marriage out there. Whatever this was, uh, I don't think we'll ever fully 100% know um, I feel like it was a game. It seems like it was, but even if it wasn't, I just hope she's a better person. I hope she learned from this. We were young. We were both uh, college age. So I just hope that uh, if her marriage worked out or didn't work out, I hope she's found happiness and that uh, she's grown from this and become a better person as uh, I hope we all do as we grow and learn from experiences and things we're not proud of. That was a very non-breaking norms way of um, <laughs> telling her that she is insane and we never want to hear from her again. But if you have a thought on this, please hit us up on our Facebook page, like I said, at Breaking Norms. Um, we come at you every week with a new topic. There'll be topics to vote on for next week. I hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. Any way you choose to take in your podcast, you can get us right here on Breaking Norms. We can't wait to come back with a... Hopefully, an episode that is just as riveting. Noah, thanks for doing this. Thanks for opening up and really going there into a dark place with us. Uh, it was sure entertaining. I hope you were entertained by it. Noah, I sure was, man. Thank you so much for joining us here on Breaking Norms. We'll be back next week.